Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, however, wherever, whenever you're listening. This is episode 49 of the Root for Wisconsin show, coming at you from the Mean Your True Value in Riverwood Gallery Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. As always, I'm the host, producer Eric Fisher, the biggie. Joining me in person, Ramsey Thompson. Ramsey, how you doing, buddy? Awesome. Awesome. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. And Ramsey, you said guys, because guess who's finally back? I don't know. Who? Yeah. The coach, Justin Dahl. Justin, how you doing, buddy? Man, I'm so excited to be back. Um, sorry for the long layoff. It's, you know, it's end of the season. We've finally wrapped up some of the football stuff with the banquet and got the awards out. And we uh, are all wrapped up. And the only thing we've got now, as far as that goes, is some some open weight room time. And the guys are taking advantage of it that aren't in a fall sport. And winter so, sport. uh, my, 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 or winter sport. Thank you. Um, so now my time is, is kind of opening up and, and my wife's time's kind of opening up to where I can be here with you guys and participate in our little adventure we have here. So I'm excited. Next step is getting you back in studio. We have an open mic that's been sitting here since we Fucking moved it here. Dusty. It, it really is. I have, I, I, that is true. I have not been in the new studio yet. So I, I we uh nothing against we'll nail down some plans for that, but nothing against Ramsey's man cave room. I kinda like it having it here. It was a little tight. It was a little tight. We have it a little bit more open, Justin. We have a lot more well, I wouldn't say a lot more sports stuff. Because it's probably about equal, all things considered. It's uh, a lot cooler in here. The man cave room used to get hot. That's true. It was warm in there. Let's see how that goes tonight. Because I turned the heat on for the like the third there, time. There were in crazy my... neighbors that had fireworks at times. That's and... true. We we don't have oh. much of that except on weekends occasionally. Because there is a wedding yeah. venue nearby that has fireworks sometimes. But very nice wedding venue, my dad. Yeah, but but nothing nothing we have to worry about in the meantime here. So. With that said, now that you know how the studio looks, uh, get it kind of in the episode here. As always, we got to start off with our partners, Monkey Knife Fight. <laughs> I, if you're not with Monkey Knife Fight and you're not going on there, I don't know what you're doing. You know, if you like this show, if you if you follow along with what we talk about, you can usually see some trends in those. And and granted, this weekend, if you were picking trends in the Packers Seahawks game, Oof. probably would not have won. Well, so that does happen sometimes. Don't. That's, if you do the touchdown dance with AJ Dillon because you pick a wild card, then sure, done great. Uh, once in a while, though, those kind of games happen. That's how they stay in business. Oh, really? Shocker. So that does, you know, they're they're in business. The reason you know they're able to give money out to Stooges like us is because they win more than they lose. It's it's reality situation, but we can put money in your pocket here once in a while. So just listen along, you know, play some contests with them. And then there's our friends over at repsports.com with Ray's Energy. Uh, Ramsey, I'm waiting on my berries and cream order. Berries and cream. Berries yeah. and cream. And new flavors coming out constantly. Right now, they have a gingerbread flavor, like protein cookie. Ugh. And so if you're a bit, you know, getting ready for the holidays, if you're a gingerbread Christmas man, Christmas is the worst holiday. That is a very controversial what? conversation. We're... I don't think we're going to pack all of that in this episode. We're just going to let you have that one right now. Hashtag worst holiday. But we will unpack that at a later episode as we get a little closer. Oh, my God. That's a bad take. See, I told you we'd have something that. Like it's, it. it's not even top three. Oh. Not even top what? three. What? 
God. We can't even have this conversation. Right. That is the worst. That is dumpster fire of the year. It's not a take right there. Speaking of, with Christmas? this being episode 49, we're three year, or three weeks away from our year anniversary. We're going to have to do our award show that night. I thought we were doing it at the end of the year. We might we might put it off till then, but let's both just keep in mind it's it's coming up. We're about a month and change away from that either way. Who's the leader in the clubhouse for Dumpster Fire of the Year so far? Well, I'm glad you asked and we'll we'll probably talk I'm gonna just mention the stat right now. I don't even know right now, and granted, we can still base it on the moment of that came up the name the Kevin King Dumpster Fire of the Year. Right now in the last three weeks, he's been the best rated cornerback in the NFL. That's a farce. It, it's not I, I know that it is. I'm just saying highest graded PFF pro football focus. PFF doesn't know shit. I, I don't disagree. If but Kevin King's the highest rated defensive back. I, I don't disagree. I'm just saying, like, we might not be striking while the iron's hot on the name front. But if we are going to talk about leaders in the clubhouse right now, I got to lean towards the Houston Texans. And their handling and their quarterback Ooh. situation. That's probably where my brain goes. Wouldn't Deshaun Watson be the dumpster fire of the year? Yeah, probably. That's kind of where my that's kind of where my leader in the clubhouse would be. Mm. You guys, anything? Are we almost unanimous on this? Or uh, no, I got some other got stuff that we can bring up. Hard. Well, luckily, yeah. this, like, this so is a pretty big award. Got to be some research. Yeah, this is a pretty big award. Big. We can't just hand this out to us. No, we right. Also I have to remember. That that Kevin King game was in this year, so that's true too. That's what I'm saying. Like at the time that we named the the award, so we we're like, gonna have to do a pre-show and then an award show. We'll figure something. I don't know how we're gonna do it yet. We I don't know if that's gonna be a special episode for the award show or if we're just gonna make that the episode and just have like a little bit of sports conversation. When's I'm it? sure we'll figure something out. We got some time. So anyway, like I said, our partners over at Raise Energy. Uh, we say it every week. It's a lifestyle. They've got the pre-workout, their energy drinks, the sleep supplements, protein cookies, protein pancakes, water bottles, merch, gear. It's all there. Check it out. Repsports.com, R-E-P-P-S-P-O-R-T-S.com. 15% off any order with code ROOT4. We go from there. We actually talk start talking probably our real takes here besides Ramsey's awful Christmas take. Uh, we talk about what we had rooted for in the last week, and that's sponsored by Fanatics. Whether your team's on top of the world, maybe you're a Georgia football fan, maybe you're a Green Bay Packer fan who a lot of different outlets are rating as the number one team in most NFL power rankings. Show we'll your get love. To that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But show your love for your team, whether you're on top of the world or if you're a Badger fan getting upset by Providence and Badger hoops, which I'm sure we'll get to as well. But show yes, your love for your will. team, right? You know, whenever you can. <laughs> 300-plus powered stores. Fanatics, show your love for your team. Hashtag love on. Justin, I'll let you kick off here. What did you root for in the last, like, two months that you've been gone? Well, it's it's a fun time of the year for me. I love this part of the year. Basketball's just kicking up. We're ending the college football year. We're right in the heart of the NFL season. So if you're a fan... There is a lot to watch right now. And, and to specifically name one thing, it would probably be, I always love the start of basketball because you get these awesome um, non-conference matchups. 
like like right now we're watching Houston versus Virginia in a non-conference basketball matchup. That's a that's a great matchup. Um, you also have the high school season kicking off. The state championships are are coming up, and in specifically rooting for uh, our M and O friends in in Coleman, trying to uh, win their first ever football state championship. So, just a lot of of. So I would say general fan of uh, sports right now is what I'm rooting for. All right, I'll give you that. No, we've got uh, we've got Nebraska Creighton on. This game's back and forth and. Uh, Creighton, I think Creighton's been in the lead the entire time that we've watched, but Nebraska always makes the run and brings it close. So, pretty Imagine good game. Being a college fan, being like, I'm gonna go to Nebraska. Well, it's free school. That's terrible. You're not going there to be a one and done. I cannot, Fred Hoiberg. I could not imagine being like, hey, I want to go live in Nebraska. Yeah, that that ain't it. But that might be the dumbest route of the year. Whoever picked to go to Nebraska. There's worse schools though. Where I, I wouldn't even. I mean, there's Iowa. Iowa, Iowa City is a blast, though. Sure, but there's there's like mid majors in Iowa that you can go to. There's mid majors in Nebraska. At least I can confidently say people in Iowa know how to party. Okay, I can I will factually also say my that. Root for. I'm gonna I'm gonna add another root for boys. All right, you can add as okay? many as you want. Yeah, You've been ahead. here. You've been here in like three yeah. months. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna add a root for. I'm gonna root for myself. I'm gonna be a little selfish. Good. Here, all right, should be. What did you do in the last four weekend, months that you're rooting for yourself? <laughs> this weekend, I overcame one of the biggest fears of my life. This fear has cost me many things in my life, including a trip to New Orleans to a Final Four in which Marquette was at. This weekend, I flew to D.C., and I flew on a plane for the first goddamn time. Now, anybody that knows me, that that that's a big feat. Uh, it was a big fear of mine, um, but what a trip! It was great to see uh, my wife's friend get married. It was also great to uh, walk right up to the White House gates and, and see it in person. And have you ever been Washington inside it? No, nope, I've, I've, I've been inside the White House. That's pretty cool. But to to see all those landmarks and stuff, that was so. Yeah, it was a big it's a big time fear that I overcame. So uh, it. it it was uh, a big deal to me. Well, I'm glad little Justin got over flying on planes. I, I kid. That's, that is a legitimate fear. I'm not going to give shit about that. Uh, Ramsey has a question. You just did give me shit about <laughs> oh, that. We're giving you shit about something else here in a second, too. <laughs> right. Just wait. So th- this is not where we actually wanted to go with giving you shit. Just because we haven't had oh. been able to do so in so long. This isn't, like, this isn't the episode where we just give yeah, Justin shit the whole time. Yeah, it is. <laughs> No, here's no, here's not. here's Ramsey. He's like, he wants to know how did Marquette get to the Final Four because he couldn't remember because it's been so long. And I I believe what was it 2003? Yes. When Dwayne Mr. Wade. Dwayne Wade. That's what. So Ramsey's sitting here like, what in the expletive? And I I do. And Justin, if you were here in studio with us, you would see that I have a signed Dwayne Wade picture here in studio. Um, awesome. And I, I just pointed to it, and he's like, oh, Ramsey and I were like six and seven. Well, so what? I was like 14. <laughs> that ain't we didn't even deal. remember it. That's how long it's been. We didn't remember that that actually happened. 
I, for, so I forgot they went to the final four. Older than you? I'm that sorry. is a pretty frequent topic yeah. of discussion. I mean, I don't understand why. <laughs> this should not be surprising. <laughs> you guys are terrible. This show sucks already. I've been yeah. back for 10 minutes and this show sucks so bad. <laughs> He's going to disappear for another three months. <laughs> Five months. We're at five. Oh, we five keep months. adding a month on each time we bring it up. <laughs> five months. Five months he goes and hides and it's because he was flying on a plane. He had to mentally prep himself. <laughs> he'll be back in he'll be back in April. For the draft. Yep. Yeah, after the draft. draft six, six months from now. I hate, I hate you too. <laughs> we missed you too, buddy. Uh what I rooted for. So I mean, just to kind of hit the nail on the head with uh Really taking about everything we can say we rooted for because, you know, we talked about he talks college basketball, talks state football championships, talks about high school basketball. You know, what else do we have to talk about, Ramsey? Well, I'm going to take a little bit of a, a different route here. I'm going to talk about, you know, I, I talk about how much I hate early season basketball, like for the NBA. Mm-hmm. I'm using my root for on pro basketball, but not for the NBA, technically. I'm using the G League. My dude, Kiefer Sykes, tearing it up with the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. The Pacers of That's an awesome name. <laughs> such Mad a cool Ants. name. <laughs> the, the Fort Wayne Mad Ants, including a 22-point scoring burst that he had. Uh, I believe it was Monday or Sunday uh, recently. But tearing it up, is one of the starting five there was the last cut from the Pacers training camp. Uh, somebody that the Pacers really want to use and keep around, so... Shout out Green Bay product keeper Sykes. Uh, keep tearing it up in the G League. So that's that's my root for Ramsey. I didn't root for anything. Because I can't say I'm not backer. flying to fucking Fort Wayne ever. <laughs> they got pretty bad hands, huh? What the hell kind of name is that? I, I didn't come up with it. I don't. So now Justin flew like once. Now he's he, all in and flying he flew everywhere. Once, but he's not <laughs> flying to Fort Wayne. I was <laughs> in Jamaica. Yeah, flying everywhere. Just going to be a world traveler. Go to Italy. We're not going to see him for seven months. No, he's just going to be disappeared <laughs> for eight be... months. <laughs> be back in September this for the start of football stupid. next year. This game is stupid already. So, but yeah, so that, like I said, keep the sykes, the Fort Wayne Madden. Eight or nine months. <laughs> and Ramsey didn't root for anything because it'd just be like that sometimes. There's no racing on. Well, there was Lewis Hamilton in the Formula One. I'm surprised you're not talking about hey, that. I want to talk about that for a second, though, Ramsey, because we talked about it in the chat for uh, a little bit. But everything that is wrong with the the playoff system happened in the Xfinity Series championship race. Do you or do you not believe that? Justin, are you, um, are you, hold on, before you answer, Ramsey, are we transitioning to Tyler Hero under the week, or are we just having this conversation? Sure, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. Okay. I'll do that. That's, that's, Tyler Hero under the week. Weeks okay. for the last nine months. So is it wrong? Yes. However, so, though, however, we also need to talk about the fact, though, that the guy who Daniel Hamrick beat for the title – was Austin Sendrick. Theoretically speaking, it should have been AJ Almendinger should have been the champ. He ran 16th at Phoenix. So is it really that wrong? No, because if Austin Sendrick wins, it's fine. Do you know what I'm saying? 
I don't. For the, I mean, how far, how far behind was Cindric? I mean, they, they were. Almendinger and Cindric were clearly the two best drivers sure. in the series all year long, right? Sure. And and you could say one and one A. That's how good they were. Sure. I don't even know what the. I think Cindric had the most wins, didn't he? I I believe Age Almendinger did. I think Cindric oh. only had three wins this year. Three or four. I don't think it wasn't. He wasn't as dominant as everyone thought he was. Um. In in my opinion, for the most part, and I've been pretty vocal on this topic, uh, not really liking the chase format in general. I would say, though, for the most part, it's got it right. Because for the most part, you have to get relatively hot at the end of the season to win a title in NASCAR right now. You have to be good over an eight-week stretch. So, I mean, should, right. should the rest of the season be irrelevant due to an eight-week stretch? No, it shouldn't. However, I do think this is better than the format when it was first put into place where it was the actual chase for the cup. We're going to reset with 10 races to go and put everyone back down to zero. And, I mean, at this point in NASCAR, I think with how well they run Championship Weekend in Phoenix and how well it was run in Homestead, I don't think they're ever going to go away from this format just for the fact it does everything that they want it to. So when we were in Phoenix, what's it, two weeks ago now? Uh, one I mean, what an weekend, incredible but, finish. Yeah. Incredible finish. And the thing about it was the NASCAR race on Sunday was completely sold out. Even on secondhand retailers, day of race, there was like eight tickets available. So everyone that was in Phoenix, they sold that thing completely wow. out because it was that big of a race. And I did not see an empty seat in the entire place. Like it was completely packed. So what NASCAR So has, it was a legit sold out. It was a legit sold out. Like not like how Lambo sells out and there's still like empty seats floating around and it was like yeah. I did not see an empty seat. So what NASCAR has done with this format has made those last probably three races of the year just absolutely must-see TV. So do I like it? No. Is, what, is what's wrong with it? Did that happen on the, in the Xfinity side? It absolutely did. Because you shouldn't have a driver that wins one race all season be your champion. Be your champion. However, he yeah. still had to get there. And the rumor floating around on this was, too, that Daniel Hemrick didn't get paid for the year unless he finished top five in points. So, I mean, that's something that, you know, yeah. So NASCAR right now, and if you guys haven't, Jimmy Johnson did an interview with Grant Bensinger. Is sure. that, that sound yeah. right? Go watch Jimmy yep. Johnson's interview with Grant Bensinger. I think it's Bensinger. If I messed up his name, I apologize. But go watch his interview. And Jimmy Johnson talks about contracts for a little bit in there and was saying on how NASCAR right now is paying about 50% of what they were in 2015. Hmm. So in less than 10 years, they lost 50% revenue for drivers. So some of these contracts that some of these guys are running right now are just wild. Like It's so incentive-based that it's almost impossible yeah. to actually get the, the And that, I guess that's what Daniel Hemrick was on. So I guess he got a big bonus for actually winning the title. So, again, it puts a little bit of perspective in saying, hey, 
that's why it's so intense at the end. You know, that's why he runs it hard off the corner. That's why. So is it what's wrong with NASCAR? Yes. We're lucky it didn't happen in the Cup Series. Like, I'm a Chase Elliott fan. Eric, I believe you're also a Chase Elliott yep. fan. And if Chase Elliott wins the title in Phoenix, that's what's wrong with the. You know, he didn't deserve to win the title. He no, was by and, far the fourth car. And in my opinion, from being... Really? You, you think even over Truex, he was the fourth car? Truex had five wins. Four wins. Four wins? Five wins. I'm not sure. Truex was... Truex was consistent all season. And Truex was really good at the short track package this year. So... Hmm. And in my opinion, we're watching the race, and the two drivers that had probably the best two cars was Chase Elliott and Martin Truex Jr. Denny Hamlin was really good for a stretch there, and Kyle Larson got a lead, and it was so hard to pass at Phoenix that no one could actually pass him. But you're talking about probably, you know, Denny Hamlin, if it would have been on the old points format, would have been 30 points ahead of Kyle Larson going into Phoenix. That's how far his lead was. That's in the old points. And that's format. wrong, though, too, right? No, that's in the old in, points in format. So in the Winston Cup right. format, that's what he would have been ahead. That's how consistent Denny Hamlin was. Right? Even though, even though he, he won 10 races or 9 races or whatever it was? It was 9 going into Phoenix. It was 10 after Phoenix. Denny Hamlin, in my opinion, was the most consistent. But, yeah, I mean, that, so is NASCAR's points format in general just – Messed up, kind of. Yeah, I mean, it is. Ch- we're, what happened no. if in the cup side was what should have happened? Long story short is Kyle Larson deserved to be champion. Right. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, and now they got it right. They so, got it right. So that's a good – did you have another noogie before that, Justin, before I kind of forced that on you? No, actually, that was, that was perfect. perfect. I didn't really have another one. It was going to be just – Nothing. Me flying home and coming home to three inches of snow when I left here and it was like 50, 60 degrees over two days. The rude awakening. The hell is that about? Wisconsin, that's Winter's what that's here. about. I was in Phoenix and it was dumb. 86 and sunny and I got back to Chicago and it was 44 and windy. Nice. Yeah. What movie did you watch on the plane? I watched uh, Gladiator. Solid. Solid. Ooh, I, solid good, pick. Good pick. Yeah, it was. I, you always try how good Gladiator is until, until you watch it. Until you until watch like, Gladiator again. So, Ramsey, you Oh, noogie. I got a noogie. Okay. I got I got one little extra. You're flying on a plane. You're a guy like me. You're flying for the first time. <laughs> the first time. time. Right? <laughs> you popped your cherry. And on the fucking plane, and on the plane, one of the movies is Black Hawk Down. <laughs> like. <laughs> So, that so Justin, come on! I'm going to tell come you on, this Delta. for you next. Do better than that. For next time you fly, if you are in a, like 30 years or whatever. Yeah, whenever it is, happens next, right? To put your mind at We're ease. We're not at nine months. Too. No, the nine months is the next time you come on the show. 30 years when you fly next. <laughs> yeah, come on, Follow, keep up, keep up. So, if you're in a plane accident right now, you have about a 95 percent survival rate. Do you really? Yeah, planes are extremely safe. In general, like obviously, like let's just not let's just leave that where it is. I don't know where you're going, but but I yeah. can see the face you're making. I I'm just gonna leave that one there, okay? Ramsey, you're no of the week. 
I'll do my nugget of the week. You can you can compose yourself for a second. <laughs> what what the hell's going on now? <laughs> the look on his face, it's it's not good. He's... That almost came out. He's <laughs> <laughs> throwing the mic down. He's throwing the mic down. No, okay, my nugget of the week. Um <laughs> my nugget of the week. I'm going nice and simple here. I hate fantasy football right now. Honest to God. Just another bad Dude, I week. destroyed you! I hate fantasy football. I'm in second place in the league. Oh. No, yes. just all you my leagues, though. the worst. All my teams right now. I just it, it, you. Sure, great. I'm, I'm happy for you, buddy. I really am. But just, I needed a win, man, and you came through big. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I could help you out, and we couldn't talk about this last <laughs> week. I lost again. But I'm just saying, like, I mean, it's been one of those years I where I had a, a one of my leagues this week where I scored like 60 points. Just Oof. injuries and guys not showing up. Like Guys who played the full game, had impact in the game, just didn't have a catch. Like, if I, if I told you TJ Hawkinson had zero in a game, you thought he probably broke his ankle the first play. No, he, plays he played the, the whole game and he played for the Lions and they played against the Steelers. With got Jared Rupert. Goff throwing him the ball. Well, right. Might as well put me out there throwing the No, no. The one that really throws you off is Darren Waller. He has been ugly this all year. I agree with you. Fantasy football sucks. And and you know, you look at a guy like Mike Evans and Tom Brady. I mean, he did end up getting like fifteen points at the end because he had that touchdown to kind of make it a game. <laughs> you say this with Mike Evans every week though. I know. I... You're not allowed to new rule, right, you're not allowed to complain about Mike Evans. I love Mike Evans. But, but you say, oh, he doesn't have any points and he has 30. Well, no, he, like I said, I, if you would have let me finish, Ramsey. No. He had 15 points, but <laughs> Tom Brady laid an egg again. Don't you talk bad about Tom. It's what happened. Don't you talk bad about Tom. All right, but. Tommy uh, touchdown needs no, no bad talk. Tommy touchdown got beat by Taylor touchdown. Taylor Heineke is a stallion. He no. is. I love Taylor Jeez. Heineke. Did you see how good Mac Jones was this week? You know what, Justin? I was going to say something, and I'm going to give you, because you're on. I'm going to give myself a little bit of a noogie. For the first time in 10 months. For the first time in 11 months, you're on. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I might have been a little bit wrong on Mac Jones. I still think that he his ceiling is probably the lowest of, I, I'm kind of out on Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson and the Jets format is probably not going to work. But I, I don't think Mac Jones is as good as Trevor Lawrence is. Trevor Lawrence has been playing really well on a really just god-awful team. But Mac Jones, I think, is better than I thought he was. I watched him play over the weekend and crushed Baker Mayfield. Absolutely yep. smashed Baker Mayfield. And so I was, I was smiling. I'm like, you know what? Baker lost. That says I'm right about Baker. So I can live with having a nuggie <laughs> on Mac Jones. I was wrong on Mac Jones. I think you were right. I still think he probably got put in the best situation. And but he's he's throwing to deck furniture and he's looking this good. Like imagine if he can right. get some actual right. talent out there. So I was wrong right. on Mac Jones, and I will take the nug on that. All right, I I will accept it, and we can move on. Can we, Justin? I'm not going to bury you. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bury you about this because I've been preaching it for how long? And I know I'm right. I was right before. I was right on draft night. I'm right today. We just need to accept it and move on. Like I said, I do not think he's better than Trevor Lawrence. I've watched them both play. I think Trevor Lawrence is a better talent. I think Trevor Lawrence is in a much worse situation. But I do think Matt Jones will have some success. That's a playoff team. If not, that's probably a borderline Super Bowl team. And he looks as good as Tom Brady did the last year that he was in New England. And I wouldn't say the weapons are any better than what Tom had at that point. So there's that, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hunter Henry's playing some Hunter good Henry's football right now. Too. And that New England defense, uh, too. They just need to get rid of everything else and focus on him. And you get him, you know, his biggest problem when he was out with the Chargers was he's injury prone, right? And, and Hunter Henry? There was, it was never, yeah, it was yeah. never a talent issue with him. So. If they get him going, and, and we all know a rookie quarterback's best friend is is a tight end, right? An elite tight or end. any quarterback, really, yeah. And a and solid running game. Level, nope. You're all right. They could, I don't know that they're a Super Bowl team, but I think they could make a, a, a splash in the playoffs. If they're they, one or they especially with how but. wide open, and I know we'll probably talk about this later in the episode, but for how wide open the AFC is this year, well, I don't know about wide open. I I will we'll probably talk about more in the episode. Sure, I think Kansas City's record's deceiving. They're gonna figure it out. You know, I you, don't. you're talking about a team that's playing with a with a whole new offensive line, and now you're ten games into it, and they, and they looked really good the other night. Um, if they could start getting some consistency, they'll come back around. But but any anything other than that, I there's problems with that team right now. There's a lot of problems with Kansas City. And it's not just the line. We'll talk like we'll talk about more in the episode. So before we do that though, I'm just to kind of take our trip around the state of Wisconsin here. Uh and Bucks are kind of still doing their thing. Um I mean, like I said, I don't have much to say here. Just the only thing I can really add on is just how great of a pickup Grace Allen has been. Good Sean's played really well. And he's played really well. I mean, he's he's kind of playing that role that off the bench that you you want Pat Conson to be in Grant. He has been that role too, but that you've always wanted like Bryn Forbes to be that he was never Bryn consistent Forbes enough to one. be, and he wasn't, you know, Sam, uh, Sam Merrill or whoever was never consistent enough to be. You've got the, uh, the draft pick Jordan Arawa, who's been there, there and performing too and, and playing some <coughs> crucial minutes. So lots of stuff going on, I guess in that capacity, kind of getting these depth guys, good minutes to figure it out for that stretch. So when you have kind of firing at all cylinders between Middleton and, and Giannis and Drew, once everybody's healthy and, and whatnot, so you can kind of have those role guys have those depth minutes. Plus you're still playing without Dante yet too. You know, I have not watched the Bucks play this year. I think I've watched one game, to be honest with you. I feel really bad about that because I should I be watching them. I have. But they'll get there. I'm not, I'm not, not a whole lot to report about right now, but. Just like I said, just I know that it was a for some fans a really hot button signing of of Grayson Allen, but it is going to end up being a good move. It's proven big so far. You're absolutely right, Eric. It's he's kind of uh, been the spark to to keep it all together. I mean, Giannis hasn't played especially all that well. Um, they haven't really had the big three the at all the whole year so far. So it's been a rough start, but 
again, it's regular season basketball, it's specifically at the at the beginning, and you're not even at the All Star break. So, yeah, even at Christmas like, Day, it's yet. like watching. Yeah, it's like it's like watching regular season baseball. Hey, watch it. <laughs> anyway, so uh, that's our our what the buck segment, Justin. I'm I know that you know it's been almost a full year since you've been on the show. You know why don't why don't you talk about some bad? A lot has been going on since we talked Badgers with you. Would have been like football, basketball. Why don't you go off on on us here? Well, specifically over the last couple of weeks, there's a, a specific quarterback that has played much better. Um, his stats have proven much better. Uh, the belief in the coaching staff within him uh, has looked a lot better. Um, He's, he's, he's played well and you can see it. And it's part of their six game winning streak here. The other part of that is, is they've found, they have legitimately found uh, a future all American at running back in Braylon Allen. Uh, This guy is, he's he's going to break Jonathan Taylor's record. Hopefully this week. Uh, He's a little dinged up, which scares you. Um, But you know, 25 carries the other day for 173 yards and three touchdowns. Um, he, he's again, he wasn't even rated as a running back coming out of high school. Uh, and, and he was like a, a number 15 in the nation as a middle linebacker. He should be playing. He should be playing at camp Randall this weekend for, for Fond du Lac, you know? So, um, that guy is a diamond in the rough. There's there's been another defection away from the team that right now the Badgers football team is leading the nation in transfers. Wonder uh, why? Which is kind of which is really alarming. It it really is. Uh you don't know if it's again they they have lost a lot of coaches and specifically they've lost two that were really good recruiters in their recruiting coordinator, Jensen Gerber to Michigan state. And then their wide receivers coach Gilmore to Michigan state. Those are big losses. Um, Gilmore was a, a hell of a recruiter. Now the, the one defection uh, and you can see a play right away. The one defection everybody thought was going to be a stud running back for the Badgers and Jalen Berger. He, he takes an official visit to Michigan state this past weekend. So right there, it hits you right there. Um, you lost a center, uh, a fifth year center in, in Kate Lyles, who, who many had on the Remington watch list this year. Um, he was visiting Florida state. Um, you had a cornerback transfer out today. So there's a lot going on within the football program. Um, they might be in, in the uh, market for some transfers themselves. They did pick up a transfer cornerback out of Michigan state. So it seems like there's a little, little something going on between those two schools, which is kind of weird. Um, but other than that, a, a six game win streak, some great wins over ranked teams like Purdue and Iowa, that Iowa win looks even better. Purdue has been playing very good. Um, getting better. And I'll tell you what, Illinois beating Illinois 
is looking like a good win. It, not many would say that. They, they've went in and, and shocked Minnesota in Minnesota. Um, they're not a 500 club, but they're not a they're not a one and eight club like many predicted. So that all matters. They jumped up to number 15 today in the college football playoff rankings, which is huge. Um, it essentially looks like they're going to be playing uh, Minnesota for for a shot at uh, Ohio State or Michigan State. That's this weekend, right? So, they play Nebraska this week. No, weekend. no, no. I know, I know that. I'm saying, like, the Ohio State, Michigan State, that's head-to-head this weekend, isn't it? Oh, that one I couldn't tell you for sure. That should also be a nugget. Michigan like State's to. uniforms from last week. That, yeah, those were bad. Those are the worst uniforms in sports. But I feel like it has to because next weekend's rivalry weekend. So that'll be, like, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Ohio Michigan, State, Ohio Michigan. State. Is that even oh, really a rivalry right anymore, now, though? You guys keep that. Ohio State, Michigan, that's not even really a rivalry. You know, rivalry. It is this weekend. Has to go both ways. Um, well, Ohio believe, State's favored by 19 in that game. <laughs> wow. 19? 19 over Michigan State? Yeah, 19. Is that in Ohio State? It's in Columbus. Or at Ohio State? It's the ABC early game on Saturday. Uh, so the Place 11 o'clock. Your contest game. winnings on Michigan State to cover that. I don't. I don't believe in Ohio State. I don't either. They're going to be nineteen points. I don't think they're State. as good as that. Although I haven't made a right bet in what three weeks now. Uh, you had the one two weeks ago, but last week, and well, you know, if Justin's got anything else to talk about Badger basketball here, but uh, for your Ramsey's radar, you did not do great. Uh, Alabama covered the fifty-one and a half over Arkansas. State. It was close though. <laughs> it was what fifty. Fifty-eight to three. So fifty-five. Yeah, I. I you know. It's one of those times where, you know, probably wasn't the best decision to bet against Alabama on the spread. However, I would still take that bet again. That game's always I not I started. That game's always bullshit. Like the fact that Alabama plays that tune up non conference game at the end yeah. of their schedule yeah. against like an FCS school is the biggest load of bullshit. Yeah, playing Why, that's Panera smart. State Bread Academy. That's what they basically play. Yeah, right. And then I did have a fifty-one point spread. There should not in be November. fifty-one point spread That's in November. Ridiculous. You should not be allowed to do that. They should be kicked out of the college football playoff just for that. This week and next <laughs> week they can come back in. But so I have one issue with what you said at the top of the uh, the episode here, Eric, and you said uh, upset. By Providence over Wisconsin. Now, did you watch that game? I watched bits and pieces. I'll be honest. I was I was busy Ramsey? running around last night. I do not give a fuck about college basketball <laughs> until maybe oh, the man. playoff. And remember, I was the bracket tournament champion this past year. You were you guys. Of the three of us, you were. Were you? I, I beat, of the three I beat of both us, of you. Yeah. Oh yeah. I do remember that now. No. How unfortunate. I do not believe that that was an upset, especially when you take into account that they were playing without their, their superstar and Johnny Davis. Uh, the, the Badgers are just incredibly young. You know, they are playing redshirt freshmen and true freshmen. Um, when you watch them on the court, you can notice 
the the strength gap. Um, they are they look like freshmen. No, they're they're they are very weak. Um, not able to play within the swing offense, get the ball in the post or drive. Um, they they don't shoot it particularly well. Um, I I firmly believe that there was a reason that they were preseason pick tenth um, in the Big Ten. So. I don't necessarily feel that it was uh, an upset. In fact, you, I think you come away from a game like that against a team that is uh, has a lot of seniority and, and uh, experience, and, and you only lose by five. You come away from that game, and, and you're pretty sure pretty, about as happy with the loss as you can be. You know what I'm saying? What, what I would say, though, just to kind of counter it, um, it's just the fact, I mean, you go into that game, Wisconsin was a five and a half point favorite. Uh, so betting wise, they were the favorite. So it is an upset in that regard, but just kind of, it's one of those games that on paper, Wisconsin versus Providence, you probably give the nod to Wisconsin. Do we even know where Providence is? Rhode Island. Are you sure? Yeah. Hmm. Richard Patino, man. I just want to verify that. Providence, Providence, Rhode Island. Check the bottom of the phone, the thing there. Uh, I'll put Rhode five Island. on it. Hmm. Cool. <laughs> Ramsey's learning stuff today, guys. I'm this learning all sorts of stuff. <laughs> awesome. But no, what, what I would say, like I said, a, a betting wise, it was an upset. The eye test, it was an upset. But you're in the actual game. Sure, you like. I watched probably the last ten minutes of it. I would definitely concede that. Providence was the better team on the court. But Wisconsin, in theory, should not be losing to schools like Providence. I mean... No, I will say this. If you you talk about this Wisconsin team in, in, in January or February, they might get hot. They have... I mean, the talent they have is tremendous. Um, the size they have they they haven't had a lot of good size like this in a, in quite a while, um, so if they can figure out a, a a shot, a mid range shot, and you can get Brad Davidson to play the way he played last night, you get some of the depth back. Um, I think they could. I think they're a, a back of the field type of tournament team. Well, I, I gotta ask you because I watched them beat the dog piss out of my alma mater, Green Bay, on Friday night. And Green, I mean, that was just using the size to their advantage. Green Bay couldn't get shots up because they were just so much bigger and more physical than teams that Green Bay is going to play. You saw, mm-hmm. I know that Justin, you watched that Indiana State game last week, um, where it's a lot more yep. of an even matchup. And and Green Bay was, I mean, a young team, very inexperienced team, was able to hang with them and and probably should have came away from that game with a win, but then they, you know, they didn't. Um, they go to play Absolutely. Wisconsin, and they go to play Wisconsin. Just the size difference is the biggest factor there. But I, I guess just kind of seeing what I saw at Wisconsin in that game, and I mean they're going to be streaky. That's just with young players. But I wanted to ask you about what you think about Chucky Chucky Hepburn, the new kind of the freshman feed on this, probably the most talked about freshman, probably since Sam Decker easily, uh, Josh Gosser in that conversation. Really, I mean, kind of on stat category with Devin Harris. Yeah. Um, you know, you didn't see him shoot the ball very well. You didn't see him play band defense very well. Um, 
And quite frankly, I thought he looked slow. Uh, his body doesn't look like it's ready for the college game. Um, so for all the hype that, that he's getting, um, I didn't think I wasn't, um, you know, super stoked about the performance that I saw. Now that's one game. Um, and, and he was playing, he was playing grown men in, in college, uh, with that Bynum guy from Providence. He, he played really well. And so, there's a lot of there's a lot of room for improvement on that guy, and he needs to uh, he needs to find the weight room, find the film room, find find the ability to be coached up, and I think he'll be good. So let me I ask just you: don't think he, he's coming with the hype that that with these? Well, I don't think the hype is worth it right now. With these critiques, and given where we are in the season, he can still choose to go this route if he chooses to, but. Would you, given you know what you're saying, would you almost go the Brian Butch method of maybe redshirting this year if you're Chucky Hepburn or if you're the coaching staff, maybe try to try to talk him into that? No, no, he needs to play. He's there's no Brad Davidson next year. There there might not be a a, a Johnny Davis next year. You're talking you you're talking about Johnny Davis who played on the uh, USA basketball team over the summer and in was one of their top players. He may, you know, Johnny Davis is all the potential in the world. And if he's out there and he has a good year, he, he might not be back. He might be a second round pick next year. So no, I wouldn't, I, I would get him out there. I'd get him the experience. I'd let him learn and, and run the offense. And, and who, you know, as, as much as any other fan and Badger fans hate Brad Davidson, if you're a true basketball coach or you're a true basketball fan and you can appreciate a competitor, there's not a better guy to learn from than Brad Davidson. That guy loves the game of basketball. He loves to compete and he loves to win. And that is who I would want Chucky Hepburn to learn from. And I would want him on the court as much as I possibly can with that guy. All right, fair enough. Now just to kind of talk about uh, some other college basketball notes here. Marquette Golden Eagles getting a win over 10th-ranked Illinois last night. Huge win. Huge win. Did they get a win in 2003 as well? I don't know. I didn't go. I didn't fly there. <laughs> yeah, asshole. <laughs> Fair enough. You should have watched it on TV. You were saying, oh, maybe you had to go to bed because you were in your diaper. Whoa. I was not in diapers at seven. <laughs> oh, now you were seven. That's what we the said. start of this episode, you were four. At the start of the episode, that you were going to be in, uh, in the studio in 14 months. But obviously, that hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Anyways, Marquette, huge win. This Marquette team is fun to watch. Watching Shaka Smart is fun. This guy is energetic. He's up and down. He's hooting and hollering at the crowd, getting them all pumped up. They're playing that that press defense that that gets you excited and you're glued to the game. Um, it's just a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you got to think now, Marquette. I believe. Well, Marquette is a lot like uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, I. I like almost their whole rosters changed over nine or so. And I think Marquette is nine or so new players on their roster. 
the difference with Marquette, they've done it a lot with transfer guys in, uh, and, and Wisconsin's doing it with, you know, redshirt freshman, true freshman. Uh, the Neath guy is a transfer. The Vote guy is a transfer. So, but Marquette is mostly transfer. So it's exciting. Uh, that's a huge win. That's a huge start to Shaka Smart's career in, in Marquette. Uh, will likely put them in the rankings now um, coming next week. So big time. Yeah, just one, just to kind of wrap up here. I know we talked a little bit about the Badger game and the Indiana State game, but Green Bay basketball. What are your what are your thoughts there? You know, I thought they really looked when I was just watching the Indiana State. I didn't get to watch the Wisconsin game, so I'll, I'll just much. talk about the Indiana State game. <laughs> that's not the um, that's not the game you want to watch if we're going to talk. Uh, you know, maybe positive yeah, things. No, about I Green thought Bay. they looked really well. Um, uh, their their point guard, that's the kid out of Racine, St. Cats. Uh, Kamari McGee, he's their backup. Yeah, their starting point guard is Lucas Steber out of Green Bay Southwest, I think. Yeah, well, McGee had a hell of a game against uh, Indiana State. Yeah, he he played he played he him specifically played well. I think you can start to see the shape in the rod. Now, how many new guys does Green Bay have? So Green Bay, they lost their top three scorers from a year ago: PJ Pipes, Amari Davis, and. I'm going to forget his name, so I'm just going to kind of move on with it. Uh, but three of their top scorers from last year have moved on, um, transferred out for, you know, P.J. Pipe's case. He had the extra year of eligibility due to COVID. Uh, Mar Davis was probably going to transfer anyway, just with his talent set that he has. Um, he ch- uh, transferred to Missouri, and then whoever else, I think he transferred to another mid-major somewhere else. But um, So a lot, of, a lot of guys, I mean, Lucas Steber technically is a third-year freshman, because he redshirted and the COVID year. Um, aside from that, I mean, all, most of their experience guys, Manny Ansong played last year. He's a JUCO transfer um, who came from uh, from Wheeling University with Coach Ryan. Um, I mean, Ryan Claflin, the kid out of uh, Southern Door, played a little bit last year. He's one of their utility kind of bench role guys. Um, just trying to think of the rest of their starting five. They do have the transfer from Wanakee, uh, Mitch Listow, who I think is going to yeah. play a pretty big role in this team too. Uh, an excellent land for Coach Ryan and this Green Bay team. So a uh, lot of, I think uh, when I was listening to the Badger pregame show before, our pregame show hit the air uh, again for the Badger-Phoenix game. Matt LePay was talking about how you're not getting a lot. I mean, you've got a, guy, a lot of guys who have college basketball experience, but not necessarily... He used, you know, he used Badger basketball experience. You know, you talk about the transfers. You talk about the younger guys who are having to step up um, now that these, you know, older guys are gone or transferred out or have moved on. Like, you know, in the Badgers case, like Potter and, you know, the rest of the cast and company. But um, yeah, so kind of just looking at that route is is kind of the same direction that Green Bay is at too. Mm-hmm. Well, I. I, I what I was gonna say is that you I think you can what you really see is the effect of Will Ryan's coaching needs. Like he's starting to get the personnel that he needs to run his system. And that Indiana State game really showed it. Now they made a lot of young mistakes uh within that game that cost them 
pretty heavily at the end. But I, I what I think is you, you've got a great young coach in Will Ryan. I think uh, he's going to recruit this area. And I'm talking Chicago, I'm talking Milwaukee, I'm uh, Minneapolis. Uh, and he's going to find the diamonds in the rough, uh, so to speak, uh, within within our general area. And I think uh, he's about a year away from really showing um, what he can do because these guys are going to get older and, and, the, and the talent level is getting better. Um, and, and I think he's going to be a winner there. So that Indiana State game really showed that to me. Anything, Ramsey? Nope. I'm just kind of napping over there. Yep. Fantastic. Wayne did not talk about college basketball. <laughs> All right. So why don't we transition here to something that Ramsey probably does want to talk about, that being the Green Bay Packers. How's that sound? Is that okay? Yeah. So just a for Not they did anything big this week. Yeah. I mean... Asshole. <laughs> uh, first, we talk about you know just the kind of the off the field uh, the Packers stock sale today. Um, I think they raised. I think they had to close it out now, didn't they? I didn't even pay attention to it to be honest with you. I thought about buying some Packers stock, and then I didn't. I also had that thought too. That was like a good decision. I had that thought because I think the last time that they did it was like two hundred or two fifty or something like that, and. For some reason, like that was okay. I'm like, oh yeah, I could probably do that. But that extra fifty or hundred or fifty bucks, whatever, to three hundred plus fees, I'm like, oh, that's a little steep. Yeah, I just don't. But it's cool. I'm What's glad. What's the point? I, I'm glad whoever bought it. I'm sure. I hope they get the lifetime of enjoyment out of it. Yeah. But I don't care enough to. Right. That's that's what the decision was. It was like, uh, three hundred dollars, kind of steep for that. For right. a donation, basically, and in, in a piece of paper. You've been smarter to buy three hundred dollars with Bitcoin. For real, though. Speaking of Bitcoin, I don't know if you got in on this. What back when this was a couple weeks ago, but uh, Aaron Rodgers was giving out chunks of his salary that he got out of Bitcoin. Oh, really? And uh, he was giving out like it was. It equated out to ten dollars of Bitcoin. Um, I got some of that, so it, it was paid in hashtag paid in Bitcoin when he was doing it, and uh, you get like a thousandth of a Bitcoin. I think it works out too, or like less than a thousandth and a half, or something like that. A big, big fan of Bitcoin. But yeah, so Aaron Rodgers paid me in Bitcoin, so that was pretty cool. I wish he paid. How much does one Bitcoin cost a person today? For one, it's sixty-five thousand, I think, right now. Let me let me do this for you, Justin, and I will get you the live numbers of the Bitcoin. That's crazy. It's fifty nine thousand four hundred ninety nine dollars eighty seven cents, which was down four percent today. Yeah, that's actually that's actually if you have an extra fifty k laying around, that's not a terrible investment. I love seeing all the people who like when it first started, the people who'd get like ten bitcoins for so, like placing third in a like a video game contest or yeah. something stupid, like at some local when it costs like a dollar to do, and now that they're sitting on a couple million dollars. Yeah. That's wild. If you want uh, some more Bitcoin explaining, this is not the show for that. Feel free to reach oh. out, though, and I'll do the best I can to explain it to you. So, Ramsey, how many Bitcoin do you own? I do not I do not own a single Bitcoin. I own... What, what do they call when they're parts of Bitcoin? I, I don't know. There's a name for it. I own Bitties? parts of Bitcoin. Are they biddies? Sure. I don't think that's the right word, and I don't want to say I'm going to endorse you it. You own but... some biddies? 
Justin? 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 No, I, my friend. I know I'm I'm on two cryptos. I got now I've the Bitcoin fraction, the biddy. What the hell is a crypto? If you want, if people want crypto explanations, feel free to reach out, and I will. Same thing as the Dogecoin. I will give you some crypto explanation. What the hell? The Dogecoin now. Well, okay. So, anyways, oh, the Packers. God. Yeah, the Packers. How about that Packer no. defense? <laughs> no, no, right. So, obviously, a lot of breakdown from the uh, the the win, seventeen zero win over the Seahawks. A uh, little bit of bad news on the injury front. Whitney Merciless officially placed on injured reserve today. Uh, he looks like he's out for the year. Um, they activate. Oh, I don't even want to pronounce his name. It's Tippa Galilei, I think. But. It, I'm not going to jump in because I don't know how to pronounce it, but I'm going to let you suffer. Galilei, I think. Yeah, Galilei, I think. Um, but they activate him off the practice squad, so he will be on the active roster here going forward as you know, one of those kind of depth pass rushers that they're going to need, especially with the Rashawn Gary injury. Well, Packers got a little bit of good news on his front. Uh, looks like he's going to either maybe miss a week, but he might be able to play this week too. That looked really nasty. Uh, look, yeah, it did look nasty. Um, so good news there on that front, and then also the Aaron Jones front, uh, sprained M- or a sprained MCL where he may miss one to two weeks, uh, with the bye week coming up Ooh. in about three. Which honestly, that's probably best case scenario. Take some miles off him for the next three weeks, and you know, get ready for playoffs. Right. Because at the end of the day, this team's a playoff team. A high-seeded playoff team. This is probably, in my opinion, a top-four team in the league right now. Like I said, NFL power rank, and you put these power rankings for what they're worth. There's somebody sitting and, you know, a group of people sitting and looking at, you know, who played what this week and kind of trying to track along actively. But they are the number one ranked power, you know, power rankings in a lot of uh, different formats out there. They are kind of becoming a, a sexy pick for the Super Bowl and to win the NFC. In my opinion, and you guys might differ on this, but I don't necessarily know if there's a more complete team in the league. There are teams with better units, but I don't know. Out of the 22 starters, I don't know if there's a better all-around team than the Green Packers are today. I would wholeheartedly agree. Wholehearted, and that's that's without your best cornerback. That's without your best edge rusher. Right. And that's getting your your quarterback off the COVID list and having Devontae Adams who had to miss a week from COVID as well and having your star running back just go down with a, a, a tweak. Right. But I would wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment. Hmm. Justin? Tipa Nalei. <laughs> oh, you just went and found it? Tipa Nalei. <laughs> Nalei. Did you ever look that up on uh, his Instagram bio? Or is it Facebook that does that? Wikipedia. Either one. There, there's bios on both. Well, but you know what I mean. How the hell do you get Nalei out of that? That's just the way his name is pronounced. I, I'm not going to answer that question, but I'm going to let you suffer on that one. Wow. But, uh, no, your thoughts on ah. Randy's, or Ramsey's sentiment here of... Uh, Green Bay might be the most complete team in the NFL right now. Um, 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I agree. The defense is sure special, but the depth, you know, the depth is starting to concern you. I think w- the one thing that you can really say out of this, uh, the whole story so far about all these injuries is what what a freaking great pickup Rasul Douglas has been um, over these last six, six weeks. Uh, he's just been superb. Um, that back end of the defense has been superb. The pass rush isn't isn't uh, you know special. It does the job. It's, the run game defense is is doing the job. Uh, Devondre Campbell is looking like a pro bowler. Uh, he's been a hell of a pickup. Um, and and I think the scary part about it as we go from today to when we start getting these guys healthy is the depth of what we have now. And that's all the way around. And, and even on the offensive line, we lose one more offensive line guy. We're in real trouble. We lose another edge rusher. We're in real trouble. Um, we lose another cornerback. We're in real trouble. So I, I think as far as complete goes, I don't think we're as complete as, um, you know, in Arizona or even a, uh, the Rams, uh, but say. so. Um, what you're saying though is Green Bay is thin right now at certain positions, right? But you could probably say that about every right. single team in the league, though. At this point, this at year this has been point, really one of those weird years for that. So that was kind of my point that I was getting at is that I don't think I could say Arizona's more complete, especially with Kyler Murray and his history of being dinged up, and they haven't really looked at the same team since. J.J. Watt's been down. Now, not saying that J.J. Watt was the motor, the driving factor behind their hot start, but it does seem like they're missing a little bit of that leadership on the back end. I think uh, the Los Angeles Rams, for what it's worth, I think are relatively shallow as well. That, you know, they really showed they missed Robert Woods last night. They're down to their, what, second or third string running back at this point. Um, yeah. The defense, they're very, the Rams are very top heavy. They're an injury away from Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey from that defense not looking near as good as it has been. So that's, I mean, that's kind of what I'm getting at. I mean, I think the only team that might be deeper is Tampa Bay. But I think we've already seen this year that they've, they're vulnerable at points. They've actually played tight pretty much all season. So I guess that looking at it, at least sure. in the NFC, I don't know if there's a team that necessarily I would look at and go, oh, that team's head and shoulders above Green Bay. Then I probably would have said that a few weeks ago, you know. Yeah. I I mean, I don't, I, I guess I don't disagree with you. Um, but it's just alarming how, how thin we are at almost every level on both sides to me. Uh, I think wide receiver is still the deepest, the deepest set. But you know, Rasul Douglas goes down. Our season looks different right now. You know what? If we haven't, we've gotten lucky uh, with our safeties that none of those guys have been injured all year long, and, and they're playing 
I mean, Adrian Amos is playing some ball right now. You know, I, I really got to question Russell Wilson, and we'll talk about, you know, just getting back to the actual game that took place Sunday. Seahawks cornerbacks are not allowed to throw on Packers DBs wearing 31. You just can't For do that. For some reason. You just can't do that. Yeah. So really kind of, I know they're trying to force it, and, and Pete Carroll showing, I don't know, I want to say his arrogance, but they get that big sack on uh, from Preston Smith that, you know, Probably should have walked off, calls a timeout so they get one more play with 11 seconds left. Wasn't a big fan of that. DK Metcalf having his temper tantrum at the end of the game really left something to be desired, too. I mean, just a lot of kind of talking points right there. But just looking at this, I mean, this game that took place Sunday, uh, a little bit of rust from the offense, kind of to be expected with kind of guys coming back. You know, you miss Aaron, and, you know, he talked today on Pat McAfee's show of, he was in the meetings and whatnot, and you can kind of get a sense of that, but just it doesn't, you know, you, you still miss part of that being on field. Well, we got lucky that we kind of ran into the Seahawks. The Seahawks are kind of a little bit of a mess right now. Right. And they're a team that, in my opinion, from watching them over this past week, their defense is extremely soft at positions. I mean, Jamal Adams is a stud. Mm-hmm. That's about where it ends, though. But, yeah, they're not the Legion of Boom that they used to be. No, I mean, I believe they're the 31st-ranked defense in the league right now. Sounds about they're, right. They're bottom 15 for sure. And their offense looks very antiquated. You know, that offense for the longest time has been run on a really strong running game. And then Russell Wilson's going to make a few special plays for you. And that, that offense at this point seems completely Russell Wilson-reliant. So I think at this point, especially with how the Packers' injuries have kind of been, we've been lucky to have, I mean, even Kansas City last week, I know it was still a loss, but that's probably about as good as you can feel about a loss, right? I mean, because mm-hmm. you go, okay, we had Aaron, we'd win that game. Mm-hmm. Walk away, we'd win that game. And then you come into Seattle this weekend and go, that was our team at probably what? 80%. Thereabouts, yeah. And we walked over them 17 to nothing. And that and that game wasn't close at any real point. You know, I know it was 3 to nothing for the longest time, but I would never say that that game was ever in question either though. Yeah, they didn't play they didn't have they didn't have any plays within the 35-yard line of Green Bay's until what, deep in the third quarter. Or and that ended like up with that, a Kevin it? King interception somehow. Exactly. And that's so that's one of those things that's like. The best cornerback in the NFL. Somehow. Statistically speaking. Never thought I'd say that, huh? <laughs> it makes me sick, quite frankly. Because oh. I, I know Justin gave me some flack for it. I, I did correct my own, myself on it. But even when Kevin King gets an interception, he still dropped it. I know. That wasn't an interception. I have to agree that was not an interception. I I said that right away too. I was like, you would drop that. You That's fuck. exactly what I said too. I'm like, even even when he does the right thing, that's still a potentially should have been fourth down and should have been a potentially tie ball game. But that's the thing though. I mean the Packers defense, this is the first time in a long time I've looked at it and been like, Okay, that defense is pretty good. Oh yeah, and that that's kind of been something that's been missing. And at this point, like Justin was kind of getting it earlier, we haven't really been doing it with even a pass rush necessarily. It's been well, the sack numbers haven't been there. 
That's the difference. Like the right. If you watch the games, and you, I, I think it, it's one of those things where if you look at the, if you watch the game, the pass rush is there. They're forcing these plays to happen, ooh. but the sack numbers aren't there. See, I don't even necessarily know if that I would consider. It I don't know. Pass. I don't rush. know that I agree with that either. I don't think that the pass rush has been, you know, there. I think it's been serviceable. I, I don't. I mean. And I think the passers have been good in small spurts. There, it's been good at times. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a great pass rush, though. I mean, no, it's not like something you write home and say this is the best pass rush. I don't know that I'd had. say it's even good. But what I would say, it's gotten the job done, and it's it's better than what it's given credit for. I'd say it's been better. I think than what it's what you look at because, like I said, the stats don't tell the story. Well, the stats tell nothing but a story. I, no, you can use stats to say whatever you I, want. I think I think you said the right thing. I think you start and you stop with it's gotten the job done, and that's it. It's been a good situation. I don't think it's been. And I think they need now. They now. What do you do with Merciless gone? Now you need to add another guy. Do you though? Where do you find a guy now? I don't necessarily think we need to add one. Uh, whatever. I think the Packers' defense is fine where it's at. I really do, even with Merciless gone. Merciless, he, he played all. He had the one sack. I mean, if we're, like I said, if we're talking stat, sack numbers, yeah, he had the one sack, and that was on Sunday before he had and gotten hurt. But It's not all about sacks, obviously, right? Th- that's what I'm saying. That. That's, that's what my ultimate point is. That the, the pressures are there. And whether it be the edge rushers or even Kenny Clark up the middle, and and you've seen it, like, you know, TJ Slayton's been getting getting after it, and... Um, you know, you look at last week, and you know again the stat, the sacks per se weren't there, but you look at the tackles for loss from Chris Burn or Chris Barnes. You look at just getting in the backfield, causing disruption, doing their job. Between you know, even Dean Lowry and Lancaster have been stepping up, filling that role. TJ Slayton's filling that role. the The numbers aren't what you would expect, given how these results have panned out. But it is still a telling of a story. That's that. That's my ultimate kind of my takeaway from the last, really the last month or so, that we've kind of seen this defense get to where it's where it's at, where it's been, is that they don't get the sacks, they don't have the stats. But if you watch the games, I mean, you like I said, you see that there is a significant impact from the the pass rush. The time it's timely. That there is significant impact. You see that the you know the run defense has been better because. You've had you know Kenny Clark playing back to what you expected of him, and you've seen these kind of these numbers out of guys like your your Lancaster, your Lowry, and allowing guys like Chris Barnes and and Devondre Campbell to play downhill like what you would expect them to do, um, and that's all from your front five. I th- like I said, I think the pass rush is good enough situationally. It's timely that it's, it's in. There's not a team in the league right now who has everything perfect, right? And I would say that, that the pass rush has kind of probably been the weak point. And if that's the weak point we want to point at, either the pass rush or the offensive line. Even the offensive line has played good enough this year mm-hmm. without their best lineman back. 
So if we're pointing at the pass rush as the worst unit right now, that's probably a pretty good problem to have. Because like, I think we can all agree that they're... The, the, the defense as it sits right now is good enough to win a Super Bowl. And that's kind of the standard, right? So where the pass rush yes. is there or isn't, that's kind of irrelevant because the rest of the defense is good enough. Obviously, I don't think they're the best defense in the league. I do, however, think that they're good enough. They're top... Where are they ranked right now, even? They're top 10, right? I mean, top 5, probably? Let me look. I want to dig myself too big of a hole here to claw myself out of. But, like I said, today... Statistically speaking, per football DB, your football database, which I don't know how... Um, how accurate or you know what their their rankings here are. Green Bay is third uh, between total points, yards, whatnot. Too. That's about what I would say though. I'd top five to eight, eight to five probably somewhere in there is about what I would have guessed. So three is probably a little high in my opinion, but I obviously don't have any numbers in front of me. Those guys are probably better at than what I am. But I, I think it's serviceable. And if you look around the league and you look at some of the teams that they're going to be compared to right now which are the Rams, Cardinals, Tampa Bay. Green Bay's defense is as good as any of those defenses are today. So I think that's where we need to be, right? I'd agree with that. Yeah. Justin's about ready to start taking off his <laughs> 15 months. Right. No, I I was just trying to look up some of the stats and see how many pressures they had, but it won't give me that. So, but... You're right. I mean, top five defense. They they've played that well, and they've and they've done it all. Um, and they've done it, and they've done it all without their stars. I mean, you're talking about Zadarius and 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 uh, Jair's out. And so, when you talk about two of the biggest biggest stars that you have, there's a lot of potential for it to even go further. You know, so it's exciting. It's just, I don't know about. I'm still wavering on complete. That word complete really. Well, and I know we teased this conversation earlier, but I mean, really, I think Ramsey's ultimate thing is that if you're looking at Super Bowl contending teams, I mean, the NFC very top. I mean, both conferences really, but the NFC is so top heavy. I think the NFC has the kind of the clear candidates between you look at the Packers, you look at the Bucks, and then you look at one of those teams from out west, really. I mean, it's you know, depending on how you feel about the Cardinals long term and and how you feel about the top heavy Rams. I mean, really, you're kind of looking right about there, and that's kind of the conversation you're having. And the Cowboys, depending on how you feel about them long term, too. So really, it's about a five team kind of window. With I probably would say different, probably about two tiers of ranking on that. I would say it's yeah. probably a four team race in the NFC. I. I personally think the Cowboys are a little bit of fool's gold right now. Oh, I, I would agree with I that. I think they look really flashy. I think their secondary and defense in general has been playing really well, but they've been living off of turnovers and not playing necessarily great teams. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, right. they got they Punch got a third or fourth. They got a third or fourth place schedule from last year. 
So I think the Cowboys are a little bit of fool's gold. They're probably going to be a top three seed, though, because they have a really weak strength. Oh, that was ugly. A really weak strength <laughs> schedule coming up. And How long have you been off? 14 months or what? We're at 15 uh, months 15. now. There, Justin. Oh, um, but I think the Cowboys aren't really necessary for real. I think Arizona is good, like I said, without J.J. Watt, though. I'll see it when they look like they did the first seven weeks. Well, they've been battling some key injuries just even offensively, too. I mean, you look at, you know, they've, they've been missing Chase Edmonds. They didn't have uh, DeAndre Hopkins a couple games now. They didn't have Kyler Murray two games in a row now, too. Right. Um, you know, all these guys are kind of on a week-to-week nagging injuries, at least offensively speaking. But that's still, you know, your top impact guys. So as of today, I still think the road probably goes to Tampa Bay eventually. And even Tampa Bay, like I said, looks vulnerable at points this year. I think the Rams are really good. I think it's Green Bay. So I think it's down to those three teams in the NFC. And then it's just a slight step down for those next Cowboys, Cardinals. And you can, I mean, there's thing, and I don't want to sound like the homer here, but there's and there's things to worry about with the Packers too. But there's a lot of things you can look at with the Rams right now, where this team on paper is a lot better than it is in practice. I mean, they have the names, they have the Von, you know, they got Von Miller now, they have OBJ now. But two guys probably better, you know, I mean, probably three, four, five years ago, that are more impactful there. Well, you look at and just even kind of last night. I mean. And kind of the, I mean, the national, the easy talking point, the kind of the softball talking point right now, national media and whatnot is, is just the, you know, what is Matthew Stafford? Is he good enough or consistent enough to, to lead all this talent that they have? And how big is the Robert Woods injury? I, th- I think that's, that's not necessarily, I, th- I think that's kind of what you're going to too. Uh, Matt Stafford's good enough, especially the shot McVay offense behind him. And, uh, the thing with that is, though, I that division that they're in, they just saw the 49ers can beat them any given week. Well, Seattle. For them to be a contender, and this is, and I don't want to make this sound like it's my original talking point, but for them to really matter and be a contender, they have to win that division. Well, Because if they don't win that division, they go on the road, they have to play a wild card, which they're probably going to have to do anyway, just to how the seeding works right now. But the Cardinals have that division right now. So you look at if they don't end up winning it, then they're probably the five seed. You're going to Dallas or you're going to Tampa Bay. And I don't necessarily, even the Rams come into Green Bay, if they happen to get by that round, that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily scare me right now. No. Come play here in January. Right. That's in- ultimately what I'm saying with. With this conversation, I mean, I, I do agree with you. I think it comes down to Green Bay, Tampa Bay again. And I think the Rams are, I think the Rams are there. They're going to have to not have what happened last night again. We're recording on Tuesday, so if anyone was wondering what we keep referring to, it's the the Monday Night Football, the Rams Niners game. And I think people forget too that Niners team's a really good roster. Right, that, that's, that team's I, a really good team. I, right? I would wholeheartedly agree with because that that does seem to get kind of forgotten about in all these these national conversations. But I mean, it, like I said, at least in the NFC, you kind of know what you have. 
the AFC and something like I said we teased earlier in the episode just to kind of break down here. I mean, the Chiefs are probably the team that if you had to you know, gun to your head that you're probably picking to kind of figure out, but there's a wide open picture over there right now. Yeah, no. I mean, I think we've at this point we've kind of concluded that Cleveland is not a legit team. I think that that's kind of. I think this past weekend for Cleveland was a big talking point of if stuff's not perfect, Baker's not good enough to take you over the edge. Mm-hmm. There was a stat that Rex Ryan was talking about over the weekend that was Baker Mayfield is 0-14 when the opposing team outrushes them. So if it's not perfect, Baker's not winning. So I think there's an issue in Cleveland. I think Baltimore obviously has limitations with their current roster with being down to, what, their 22nd string running back, which is pulling people out of the stands and asking if they played high school football now. <laughs> so, yeah, and then they released Le'Veon Bell today. What the hell? Le'Veon Bell's a little bit of a What case, the hell though. kind of? I get that. Oh. I, I, I get the Le'Veon Bell move. He's been kind of... Not problem guy, but he's kind of been a little bit of head case guy for his, mo- the majority of his career. So I, that's probably not the best thing to have in the locker room, especially if, you know, football is more about chemistry more so than overall talent, right? Yeah. But I would even, agree with that, I guess. Like, I know Justin was talking about, you know, this this New England team. I mean, are they a Super Bowl contender? Probably not, but... This Kansas City team, and I know we, like I said, we we talked about it very briefly. There's a lot of flaws with this Kansas City team right now. I think a lot, and I, I they're not the home run slam dunk pick they had been the last two or three years. And and that's mm. t. I don't know. I don't want to say that the teams have figured out how to play against them, because I mean we just saw them come back and you know dominate the Raiders in Sunday Night Football, but. To that point, I mean, basically, I mean, if you're if you're an, a defense going against this team, it's something we saw the, the Buccaneers do in the Super Bowl. It's something we saw the Packers do last week. It's something we saw the Giants do the week before that. Is if you play a lot of cover two over the top and just say, be patient, Patrick Mahomes isn't a patient quarterback. Well, that offensive line's been atrocious. So the little bit of pressure that's been coming through. That too. You're getting, you're getting pressure up front and forcing Mahomes to try to force something that's not there, and he doesn't want to have it be there either. So I, I agree I wouldn't write Kansas City off. However, I think that defense has some major question marks on it. So for the fact of, I don't even know, if they end up with New England tomorrow, it's probably Kansas City by one and a half. It'd be close to that. I mean, you could probably have that conversation. So I think that Kansas City, obviously, I don't. So in today's NFL, you don't have to have a great defense. We have to have a serviceable defense, and it has to be a good situationally. And for the last, I don't know what, four or five years now, Kansas City's defense has been good situationally. They've been really Three or four for sure. They've been really good situationally, good enough to get off the field on critical third downs. But 
I don't necessarily think that's the case with them this year, at least. That defense hasn't been good situationally, so it's one of those things that you're like, is that really a Super Bowl team if you can't have consistent play from your defense? Hmm. I would agree. I think that you don't have to have a terrific defense tonight. Not like last year. I thought that Tampa Bay's defense was terrific, and and even Washington's defense carried them into the playoffs. Um, Green Bay's defense didn't really help them going through. So if we want to win a championship, I truly think that the defense needs to to even get better. And maybe you're talking about sack pressures or or – or even causing more turnovers as it goes. And, and on the on the flip side, I don't know who has a good defense on on uh, the AFC side of things. Can you name one good defense on the AFC? Well, no, I know that we just talked about them offensively, but Cleveland's defense has been pretty good. Um, New England's defense is really good. I mean, statistically speaking, Buffalo's defense is one of the top in the league. I mean, they had that stinker game against the the Jaguars that kind of Tennessee. pushes them down. But I see. I think Tennessee is a little bit like the Cowboys. I think they're a little bit of fool's gold versus them being actually a well, really especially good with team. the Derrick Hen- Derrick Henry being out now too. They have the easiest strength of schedule though coming up in the entire league. I believe it's like a thirty-two percent win percentage of teams that are left in their schedule. So I think they're going to fall in the same category as Dallas. I think they're going to be in contention, in contention for that number one seed, and it's going to be uh, they're going to go to the playoffs, play a really good team, and it's not going to look that pretty. Like mm-hmm. losing the first round. There is a Dallas Kansas City this weekend. I believe that's on Sunday. So that'll probably be a very good measuring stick for where both those teams are at. Because last year or last week it should have been with Kansas City Green Bay with Aaron's healthy. Mm-hmm. That's probably a measure, measuring stick game on where everyone is. But I, well, with Aaron not there, you can't really use that. But this next week against Dallas, that's probably a true test of what Dallas is. And that will really see if we're going to be able to expose the Kansas City defense or not. Yeah, I think I I think you're correct on that. I, That's a two and a half I point favor for uh, the Chiefs right now. That's at home too, right? Correct. Over Dallas, two and a half points for Kansas City at home. So in Dallas, Dallas is one and a half. Thereabouts, yeah. Give half, one, one and a half. Half a point, one, one and a half. Hmm. I'll take I'll take Kansas City. Yeah. Hey, did Ramsey come up with any radars this week? No, we kind of did skip over that. Ramsey, your radar for the week. I mean, do you want me to look at some odds here for give me, you? Give me some of the – find some long odds in college football, and I will uh... – All right, so we'll start off with a big one that actually matters, uh, that Ohio State-Michigan State game. Ohio State, 19-point favorite. Give oh, me um, easy money. Michigan State to cover the 19. I'll go – how about Notre Dame over Georgia Tech, 17 points. Where's that at? Ooh. That's, in Notre, that's at Notre Dame. I'll Notre Dame to cover 17. 
All right. And wow. The uh, the biggest in the top twenty five, the biggest spread in the top twenty five, which is kind of how we got upon this last week. Ole Miss and Vanderbilt. Ole Miss, twelfth team ranked team in the nation, eight and two versus the two and eight Commodores of Vanderbilt. It's a thirty six and a half point favorite or thirty six and a half point spread. Mississippi State at Mississippi State or Ole Don't Miss. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Yeah, I was about to say, give me give me Vandy to cover the thirty six points. All right. So two to cover, then one outright win of the favorite. Is that? I, that's where I'm at this week. All right. So with that, just kind of wrapping up the, the show on the Packers here. Um, obviously, as we kind of mentioned, Packers miss out on OBJ. Um, kind of disappointing, I guess, in that aspect of I think he would have been a great fit here. And we talked about that pretty extensively last week. But it's one of those where it is what it is. And, and we move on. We have a very deep receivers unit the way it is, too. You know, now that he's not here, and I, I know this is kind of an easy talking point, I don't necessarily know if he would help the situation right now. Matt LaFleur seems to have a relatively complicated offense. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily know if OBJ is even going to be able to pick up the Rams offense in enough to help this season. Does that make sense? Right. I don't know if that's actually going to be enough. There's going to be enough there to make that work. Yeah, I don't disagree. I don't think that... Uh, I think it probably would have been more of a distraction than anything, and then we're trying to force the ball to somebody when we don't get good receivers that we have the ball enough as it is. So uh, we don't we don't get him the ball. Then he gets a little antsy and starts jabbing and then it could go all downhill from there. I did I didn't disagree. I thought the contract they offered was fitting and I'm kinda glad we didn't get him to be honest with you. I'm sad we didn't get him because I think that helps I, I think it helps the Devontae Adams more than anything. It helps to I think it helps Devontae. I think it actually helps Alan Lazard out a lot too. Um and it helps the run game quite a bit too in the sense that you kind of make up for what you lost with Tunyon in that that play action game, in that um, that run blocking internally, because you can kind of move Alan Lazard there, you can kind of use him in motion, kind of be your chip block guy, and can chip on routes and whatnot too, and and kind of fill that role and play in the slot a lot more too, instead of having to be the outside guy. But like I was saying too, I don't think him not being here. I don't think that's the worst in the world either. No, it 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 works out. It is what it is. Like I said, that's one of those where it, it's kind of one of those things. I guess. I mean, really, if we talk about our criticisms we had um, all off season about the front office, at least you're in the conversation. Yeah. You know, and you're you know, Aaron talked about today. You know, talking with Odell last week when he became a free agent and kind of those conversations that they had and. And kind of having that input him too, you know, one of the kind of the the frustrations that he had. And you look at how the recruiting, for lack of a better term, recruiting process went was um, Aaron, a couple other guys in facility were talking to him and, and, you know, talking with, you know, how he would fit and working, relaying that with the coaches and whatnot too. And really it just took Sean McVay um, having a personal relationship with OBJ and directly reaching out. And uh, ultimately, talking to Jalen Ramsey, 
who was in the meeting room with the corners and then ended up going actually into the wide receiver room and talking with Cup and Woods about how he would fit in, in L.A. Kind of the same conversations he had with guys in Green Bay here, but um, just that relationship with McVay ended up kind of winning out, but very neck and neck. Which, let's be honest, would you rather play in Green Bay or, or L.A.? Well, it depends on what your end goal is. That's For Odell Beckham Jr., he's an international star, so he's probably one of the only football players right now outside Tom Brady who is known just as much off the field as on the field. And I'm sure him being in L.A. is probably not necessarily like, oh, darn. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's into that scene. He's into, he's a famous guy. Famous people in Green Bay don't really exist. Right. But anyway, so we look at just kind of the matchup ahead this week. It'll be Green Bay, Minnesota for the first time this season. Kind of wrap up the first round of division games for the, the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay this week on that front. Uh, does open as a favorite, I believe, uh, two and a half, only a two-and-a-half-point favorite in that game in Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota kind of figuring out some stuff here as of late. But if I'm betting on this game, I'm taking Green Bay and the points pretty easily. I would have to agree. I don't think that Minnesota team is all that. You know, they're, they're okay, I'm sure. but I think they're better than the four and five record that they have. I don't think that's much of a... An understatement, but I don't think they're two and a half point or winning better than Green Bay. I don't think they're a playoff team at this point. Yeah, I don't know. I, I agree. I think I take I take the points and I think that I think the Packers win by by ten, to be honest with you. I think you're gonna see a sharper Aaron Rodgers this week. Uh, and um, we'll see. I'd like to see uh, where our backup running back situation is because that's... Well, they did bring in Carryon Johnson for a workout today, the former Lions running back. Uh, so he was Yeah, why did they bring in Todd Gurley? Because it's a short-term thing and doesn't necessarily fill that role. Um, I, I actually think, you know, I know it's another name you mentioned in our group chat. I really think Tyler Irvin would probably be the better short-term answer than, say, Todd Gurley. I would I would agree, not that anybody wants them, but and and truthfully, I mean, really, this this is where that Kylan Hill injury really sucks. I mean, it, it yeah, is. Yeah, this it would is, be but... time to shine. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I feel pretty comfortable with where AJ Dillon's at. Oh, I do too. I mean, especially. I mean, I don't know if you saw this day too, but he was given the key to Door County today. His his favorite home away from home. Oh, really? Yeah, he got a key to Door County today, so that was kind of cool, but. Um, yeah, this is where Kylan Hill that being healthy would be great because he kind of fills that Aaron Jones role. And now you're kind of having Patrick Taylor, which nothing against Patrick Taylor, but he's kind of AJ Dillon, the Walmart brand of AJ <laughs> Dillon. <laughs> Not a shot at Walmart either, but it, you know, we're, we all know what we're talking about here too. Yep. Yep. I would agree. I would agree that, uh, you would almost think that there that Jones is going to sit for a three, while. Three, four it's weeks, a one probably. to two. Yeah. 
one to two week prognosis, but their bye week is what three weeks away, right? It's the Eric? week after, yeah. So they'll go, they'll go Minnesota this week. At home against the Rams, actually. So that'll be a, a pretty, you know, we'll have a lot to talk about next week on that. And then the bye week, uh, the week of the first weekend of December. Yeah, so I don't uh, He's See, Actually, we, that bye week comes in pretty good for yep. him, to be honest with and you. And even Rashawn Gary, too. Right. I mean, Rashawn Gary yeah. should be healthy coming off the bye week. I would assume David Bakhtiari is back by that point. I would almost think. I mean, I I don't know what his his participation practice was today, but um, or yeah, today. But I would almost assume because I think he's been close the last two. So weeks. have I. Um, where really, I mean, I would expect to see him before the bye. Maybe if he's not this week, I would fully expect it next week, given the pass rush of the Rams and wanting that experienced guy, but also knowing that you have the bye week to fall back on as a week off after that too. See what you got. See how he feels. You know, feel it out before the bye. What is, uh, how's the Darius looking for timetable? Unknown. Same. I know. So basically the, the only news on uh, him and Jair really is that they were back in the practice facility last week, late last week. Um, that They were in the building. That They were working with the rehab groups. So, I mean, that's a potential, though, as well. You know, we'll come off the bye in three weeks. Maybe one of those guys could be coming back, too. Yeah, speaking of Zadarius Smith, cool. though, um, making news off the field for a good reason today. He um, happened What a to hell of a guy. Happened to be at a car dealership, and this, uh, this woman who was in need she needed a $2,000 water pump and uh, Smith just happened to be standing right behind her and, and bought it for her and had a, a very sweet moment when they both were crying because she needed the, the, part, the part, couldn't necessarily afford it and, and he was able to pick up the bill for that. That's awesome. That's a good story. I heard that on the way home today and I, I thought if I could do that I probably would. So in in this article wouldn't telling the oh 100% um, I wouldn't telling this you're an asshole. <laughs> telling the story, um, Matt LaFleur was asked about him <coughs> over the weekend and madison.com reporting that uh, Matt LaFleur said while well, it is he is making progress the team is hopeful he'll return at some point it won't be anytime soon. So that you know take with that what you will. Um, he has been in 2 weeks ago has been at practices lately. I think he's a prime candidate to come back after the bye. I mean, the kind of timing would work out there too. Uh, Jair Alexander, kind of in that same boat. Um, Man, that late bye is so nice. In this case, yeah. Where that bye is coming in, it's going to be a perfect timing for her. So, I mean, not not a whole lot of, of word about it other than that usually it's kind of one of those where it's, you know, still, you know, it's just kind of week by week and seeing how that, for in Jair's case, that sprained AC joint really kind of turns out. But um, at this point, Jair and Zedarius are more, I don't want to say icing to the cake, but they're a little bit of icing right now. They don't necessarily need those guys back today, which is nice where that's where the Packers are, is that we don't need our two best defensive players. They don't need to hurry them back. So you don't need to rush healthy. them back. They can come back, 
get hopefully six to eight games back before so playoffs kind of, are starting. And Lafleur kind of the same message. I think he kind of looped them actually both in the um, the same conversation. This is per Jason Wildey with the Wisconsin State Journal, uh, stating that they're making progress, but it's not any going to be anytime soon for both of them to return. Which is fine. That's fine. That's the quote. I mean, it, that's take what you will out of that, but could be after the bye, could be maybe right before the playoffs. Might not be at all. We don't know. They're hopeful. You know, they've made progress, but we'll see. So just to wrap up, Ramsey, you said you're taking Packers points. I'm taking Packers points. Justin, take Packers points. Is that all? Yes, sir. And then while we're at it, while we're at it, you might as well just take a look at the Badgers this weekend hosting Nebraska. Badgers a nine and a half point spread favorite at home against Nebraska. Nebraska three and seven. Badgers seven and three. Number fifteen playoff rankings. I probably take Wisconsin the points too. Yeah, give me Wisconsin. I'll cover that. Just yeah. when start believing the Badgers well, again, though, they're gonna. That's uh, a nine and a half point spread on that one, Justin. That defense I don't know. is so good. I just, Nebraska, I just, Nebraska's lost like five games this year by like five points or less. What's the over under on that? Uh, over under on that game is 42. Yeah, give me the Badgers to cover. Give me the under. I mean, probably the under. Don't get me wrong. Like, that's the Badgers are kind of always hovering around that except the Rutgers game, but. Um, the nine and a half point spread. It's if you look at the Badgers, I don't even necessarily know if they give up ten points. That's the thing. That's where yep. they're at right now. And as long as they get Braylon Allen in the end zone once and a let the, get the field goal unit out there once, I mean that's a cover technically. And I ex- expect I would expect them, given how they played lately, to do a little bit more than that. But I can't see this Badgers team giving up. More than maybe two touchdowns. And I don't say give that. up two. Yeah. No, nine points is what I probably expect them to give up. And and as of late, I mean, Ramsey in the last three games for the Badgers, you look at the game we were at. If we look at that starting point of the game that we were at down in Madison against Iowa, seven three seven. I'm not saying that we're the reason that that happened, but I'm not saying we're not though. The timeline matches. <laughs> All right, boys. So it does. It totally Justin, did you have a prediction on that? Did you did you put officially if you're taking points or if you're taking not? I'm gonna take Nebraska to cover. Ooh. All right. So we'll take we have Reunanus and the Packers, Justin being the sole dissenter on the on the Badgers. And just with that, just to put a bow on this episode, what we are rooting for in the upcoming week, Justin. The Badgers to cover. <laughs> no, I want a I want a strong week by the Badgers. They're they're climbing the rankings. Have a good feel good story going into uh Minnesota week and and uh hopefully uh just keep rolling. Just keep keep feeding Braylon Allen the ball. Keep throwing the ball to Ferguson and Danny Davis and Things are looking good. Things are finally starting to look good. The offensive line is starting to look good. 
just keep it going. I got to say, well, there's one quick extra Badger note here, and you, and you, you kind of highlight Davis, you highlight Ferguson, but one key kind of element of Graham Mertz's recent success here is just getting others involved in the passing game. I think he used eight different receivers on Saturday's game, if nice. not, if not good more. Stat. So getting those others involved too. Um, I know you mentioned it earlier, but I'm going to kind of ride your coattails here. I'm, I, I don't want to, but just also kind of locally speaking. Uh, rooting for the Coleman Cougars. I'm uh, not. I, I can't. I, I'll take that back. I'm, I don't want to root against them per se, but uh, you know, if they could both lose. Be... You got to root for them. Go Coleman. There it is. I, I was, I was going to try to lob that softball up so, to you, Justin, so I didn't have to say it. So Justin's rooting for Coach the Cougars. Bronson is a good friend. I hope he uh, achieves a, a lifetime goal and, and leading Coleman to a, a state championship. And I he's would, kind of a busy man right now. I would say that they have had probably one of the better football programs in our lifetime for sure. The area in the last decade they've been that's a solid program that they have run up there i'm gonna take uh i know i talked about this last week but opener of gun deer season this weekend be safe get the 30 pointer have fun keep the herd managed all that stuff i, I unfortunately just with my schedule i won't get to get out for opening weekend this weekend i uh rams you can see me right now I, I actually came from the woods uh today i was bow hunting today but just you know, be safe. Best of luck to the hunters out there. That's my what I'm rooting for this week. Aside from you know Packers, Badgers, etc. Ramsey, nothing. No, you're gonna continue just being the the Grinch here. There's no race around. That's rough for you, buddy. I'm sorry. Don't you hunt? I do. I haven't caught in a while though. I'm. It, there's just a story behind. I just haven't had time to be honest with you. It's been. I'm one of those people, like, if I'm going to do something, I'd do it, like, all in. And I haven't had time to be all in on hunting lately. Ooh. Well, good luck. Thanks, buddy. I'll take that. And I'll wish it along to our our fellow hunters out there and our listeners in the Rupert, Wisconsin nation. And with that, that's episode 49. Guys, we're three episodes away from a full year. It's incredible. So follow along with us. I'm sure we'll probably be able to figure out something. Uh to get to you guys of some capacity as a thank you. But that's all we got for this week. Go Packers, go Badgers, I guess go Bucks and Justin. See you in 16 months. It's not what I was trying to lob up for you there, but we'll see Justin in about Summer. seven. We'll see Justin in about 17 months or 18 months. I heard, I heard it's 19. It might be two years at this point. He just, He's just going to bypass us, but all right. That's the Root Show. Sucks. We are out. Uh, <laughs> we have. Thank you for listening for some reason if you're to this point, and we're gone. See you. Bye. Salute.